The Daily Tap is live for Friday. We are going to talk about the great Boogie Cousins overreaction. We're going to preview Bucks Nets. We're also going to talk about the Packers and Lions and Marquette and Georgetown. Good Wisconsin Sports Weekend as always. We're also going to talk about what this podcast looks like for the next week as I will be in Hawaii starting Saturday. So we'll talk about that at the tail end of the show, not consume the sports time of this. And we will chat about all those things as mentioned. So let's talk about Boogie Cousins and get into it. But before we do, make sure you're following us on all the social medias, tapping the keg on Twitter, tapping the keg sports everywhere else, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. Also, make sure you're sharing this with your friends, telling them about it. I would not tell about your friends actually right now. Uh, just rate, review, subscribe. Now, you already probably subscribed, but rate and review. That, that's what you can do today. Don't tell your friends because I don't want you to be like, hey, listen to Scott's podcast. They're like, this guy's produced no content for a week. What the fuck are you talking about? So I, I don't want any new uh, subscribers this week. Um, so hopefully we get some new ones starting for the playoffs. And we will be back after this podcast today. We'll be back on Monday the 16th, 17th. Yeah, Monday the 17th. Maybe I'll try to tape early on Sunday, depending on my mood, depending on how everything goes with the flight and back and all that shit. But we will definitely have a podcast and we will rock and roll for the rest of 2022. But let's talk about Boogie Cousins. Boogie Cousins is no longer a member of the Milwaukee Bucks. Boogie Cousins was released by the Bucks. They waived him. Uh, they had the chance to bring Boogie back on a guaranteed deal. Right now, Boogie it or Boogie was on a non-guaranteed deal, and they decided not to go forward. They decided to let him go. Uh, Boogie is now a free agent. He can sign somewhere else. I would imagine, just the way Boogie played, that he's going to find another NBA roster, whether that's a contender or a non-contender. I think there is a space for Boogie Cousins in the NBA, and Boogie proved that, and I think that is a big thing for him and why I feel like this is a mutual partnership. And while I understand the departure and a lot of fans were upset, I mean, the guy had just dropped 15 and 10 against the Toronto Raptors. And a lot of people were like, well, what the fuck? Why are the Bucks getting rid of this guy who seemingly is playing well? And there was a lot of talk about being cheap. There was a lot of talk about the Bucks sort of you know, not wanting to get rid of one of their guaranteed guys like a semi ogile So part of that cheap conversation, I want to talk about that, but I, I don't want to talk about it first. I, I want to first get into why they got rid of Boogie Cousins and those who are upset today. I hope that I change your mind. I hope that I kind of get your mind right when it comes to Boogie Cousins, because I, I really do think that if you look at this and you, you dig into it a little bit more, you can just see why Boogie just doesn't make sense. Boogie Cousins is a guy who years ago was a very talented player, could get up and down the field, was great at field court, very athletic. He definitely, you know, made, you know, great plays. He was an offensive juggernaut at times. He did not really play that great defensively, but he he was really solid for the Sacramento Kings and then for the New Orleans Pelicans before he tore his Achilles. And then after he had tore his Achilles, kind of things went downhill for Boogie. Boogie was not the same player. He already had struggled on defense. Now the lateral quickness was gone and he really can't defend. And I think that's where it all comes down. 
he wasn't even able to defend with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo solves a lot of problems. Giannis Antetokounmpo can hide a lot of issues with defenders. He couldn't with Boogie Cousins. Uh, per my guy Shafty, who's a great follow on Twitter, Shafty Bro, he had this, that Giannis and Boogie were 120 in terms of defensive net rating. And if you remember, we talk about net rating a lot on this podcast. 100 is average. 120 is really bad. 120 is the Portland Trailblazers. 120 is the Atlanta Hawks, or are the Atlanta Hawks, I guess would be the grammatical way to say it. But regardless, like it's not good. It is not good at all. And so the reason why Boogie isn't here is because of his defense. He just can't play defense. If Boogie played defense, I think they would consider it. But when you have a guy who cannot play defense inside, what good is he come playoff time? And that's the view you have to keep here. I listened to a very interesting podcast with Bob Myers from Golden State Warriors. He was on Ryan Russell's podcast back on December the 17th. I didn't listen to it at the time. I was catching up on podcasts, you know, doing shit around the house and last night. And Bob Myers talks about, it was the draft. So the Warriors, as you all know, drafted Jonathan Kaminga and Marcus Moody. And a lot of people wanted the Warriors to trade those picks, thought the Warriors should try to get a big asset, whether it be Bradley Beal or someone else. And Myers said, like, when you're a GM, you have to look at the long view. You have to look at everything. You have to see how will this help my team down the road. And you can't just think of the immediate. And I thought it was really important to hear as a Bucks fan because that's kind of what I was saying about Boogie is that they want that flexibility. They want to be able to navigate and figure things out. And so I, I really do recommend listening to that from Bob Myers and because I think it can be applied to Boogie Cousins. And I, I think I did a good job of encapsulating what Bob Myers was trying to say there because I, I think it plays into John Horse. And John Horse is like looking at this and saying, all right, I can pay this guy a guaranteed contract. I can give him probably the veteran minimum. He can be part of our team. We give him the veteran minimum. And even though he might not be able to help us in the playoffs, we can then just say, all right, he's our guy for the rest of the year. And we lose a roster spot. So if we were to make a deal in the at the trade deadline, we, we basically have to give up some of our guys. So whether that be Dante, whether that be Boogie, whether that be Semi Ojale, whomever, right? We have to give up our guys. We, we can't necessarily just cut bait. And with the 10-day hardships and everything else that's going on in the NBA where it's, easy, it's easier to bring in players... I mean, they probably looked at this and said, all right, can we bring in somebody else? They brought in Luke Cornett already. I don't think Boogie has, or Luke Cornett is as good as Boogie and will have the offensive prowess. But if Luke Cornett defensively can be a force, I mean, he's huge. He's like, he is the size of Brooke Lopez, if not a little bigger than Brooke. If he can kind of provide that drop defense, Brooke Lopez stuff, uh, you know, off the bench, that... That can be helpful. That can be a stopgap for the Bucks while they wait for Brooke Lopez. And on top of that, which I'm glad I brought up Brooke Lopez, Brooke Lopez is probably coming back a little earlier, don't you think? Wouldn't you imagine that if Brooke Lopez's back was in a really bad position, they might consider giving Boogie the guaranteed money and just saying, all right, he's going to be a good regular season guy for us. And then in the postseason, it's just going to be Brooke and Bobby, and that's it. And maybe 
will bring Boogie in in a late first quarter situation or a early third quarter situation, somewhere where Boogie can't hurt us in a game and people are attacking Boogie. That could be a situation for him. But I have to think that Brooke Lopez is getting healthier and that also kind of influenced the Bucks to say, all right, well, why do we need to use up this roster space? And for those also who are like, well, just release Semi Ojale, right? Just release Semi Ojale. Semi Ojale has been terrible. I agree 100%. Semi Ojale has been bad. It seems like John Horse has one bad deal every year. DJ Augustine last year was an absolute disaster. Now, he was able to flip DJ Augustine for PJ Tucker, and that's always going to be incredible that he was able to do that with a draft pick. Maybe Semi can get flipped at, you know, at the deadline. But getting rid of Semi doesn't make a ton of sense when you have his money on the books. Why have dead cap? Why would you do that? And I understand the money is low. I understand it's not a ton of money, but still, it's like it, it's money that you're not going to get back. You don't get that Semi Ojale contract money back. He takes that. He has that. And guess what? The way that the NBA is, even though Semi Ojale has been dog shit this year. He's going to get signed somewhere. Someone's going to pick him up because A, it's free money. The Bucks are paying for his contract. And B, he, you know, he's an NBA player. He's a, He's been a rotational guy. He would be a guy that someone would look at and say, all right, well, we'll get a 10-day contract to Semi for sure. So why get rid of that guy when you can put him into trade talks and keep a roster, flexible, roster spot open? And on top of that, you know that you're going to bring back Wes Matthews as well. Wes Matthews is also on a non-guaranteed contract, similar to Boogie. And at some point, they have to make a decision on Wes Matthews. I think it's next couple of weeks. They're going to sign Wes Matthews. I have all the confidence in the world that Wes Matthews is coming back. I don't think that they're going to keep two roster spots open and the flexibility there because they need help on the wing. They just do. They they need wing defenders. They need wing scorers. There's been way too much unpredictability with Grayson Allen. Dante's hurt again. Pat Connaughton's been good this year, don't get me wrong, but there are games where Pat disappears. And so to have an extra scorer off the wing and basically do the things that we hope Semi Ojale would do, that's why Wes Matthews is going to stay on this roster. Wes Matthews was part of a closing lineup on Christmas Day as the Bucks were furiously coming back on the Boston Celtics. Boogie Cousins wasn't there, right? Boogie was on the bench cheering his dudes on. So that to me says everything, right? That, that should tell you why Wes Matthews is staying and why Boogie is going is because we have not seen Boogie as part of a closing lineup with a Bucks roster that is full. And that was a day where the Bucks had all their guys. Now, Boogie has shown up on days where the Bucks don't have a full roster late. But still, you, you get the point, right? You get the idea that Boogie Cousins doesn't necessarily have that flexibility, which I know we've overused here today. But that, but basically, versatility, I guess is a better way to say it. The versatility of Wes Matthews outweighs anything that Boogie Cousins does. And if they don't keep Wes Matthews, then I think it's okay to be mad at ownership. Then I think it's okay to talk about how cheap these guys are. But right now, I think it's all an overreaction. I think that you're missing the bigger point here that Boogie just can't play defense. Boogie doesn't give Milwaukee a lot come playoff time. He gives them some scoring, and that's it. And they, I mean, what if they, this ends up being Thad Young, right? 
like I was listening to Bill Simmons yesterday too. I, big podcast night for me. Uh, cleaning the house, getting the tree down. Uh, it was a wild night. Really, really a lot of fun. Bill Simmons talks about how Thad Young, you know, could be an option for the Bucks. I fucking would love Thad Young. Thad Young would be so good for the Bucks. And he was like, would you rather go to Milwaukee or Phoenix? I think they said Phoenix would be the better option. And yeah, Phoenix could definitely use Thad Young too. But Thad Young defends. I think he can shoot a little bit. He definitely can bang down low, get some rebounds. Like Thad Young would be perfect. Thad Young is exactly what, what could help the Bucks because he's a stretch stretch four, stretch five. He not stretch five, stretch four. He can definitely add more for the Bucks than Boogie. So ask yourself that question. Now, maybe you don't get Thad Young. Maybe you get a guy like Thad Young. Would you rather have Thad Young or would you rather have Boogie Cousins? Ask yourself that question. Would you rather have the pick of the litter when it comes to the buyout market or would you want to be hamstrung by Boogie Cousins? You want the pick of the litter. Milwaukee is going to be one of the top buyout destinations. It will be Milwaukee. It will be Golden State. It will be Phoenix. Sure, the Lakers and Bulls have the big city where the guys are like, fuck it, I'll, I'll hang out for two, two or three months in LA or Chicago. But there's a real chance that they could be on, you know, in the rotation, part of a team that's going to win a championship. And so they want to take that risk. So they don't really care where they're living. The Bucks are going to have their choice. And so whatever the Bucks decide to do, whether it be Thad Young, whether it be somebody else we're not thinking about, they're going to have that. And because they, they decided to move on from Boogie, they're going to have the flexibility to do so. Moving on to the game tonight, the Bucks are playing the Brooklyn Nets. Game I think we were all excited for. You know, Bucks nets they haven't played since day one. Uh, but they will be without Drew Holiday. He has entered health and safety protocols. Uh, it is unknown if Holiday did test positive for the Omicron. Um, if that if that's the case, Holiday obviously will be down for five days. Um, Bucks play a lot in these five days, so you might might get him back for Golden State. I think that would be great. Um, but Holiday obviously now down uh, which sucks and he already had COVID too so that's that's also a bummer obviously I think this bout will be a lot less um, but yeah the Bucks are going to be limited offensively defensively uh, thankfully Kyrie can't play because of the vaccine mandates but they're going to have to roll out George Hill likely as the starter which I don't feel necessarily great about when you're playing Brooklyn uh, Patty Mills also has torn up uh, the Bucks in the past, not only when he played for the Nets in the first game, but when he played with the San Antonio Spurs. Right now, the Bucks are four and a half point dogs. Um, I would imagine that line would get closer to two and a half, maybe three, if Giannis does play. I think there's some uncertainty right now if Giannis plays uh, with his illness. I don't know if Giannis traveled with the team. I think he did. I didn't look at like their their social. That's a bad job by me. But yeah, Giannis hopefully plays tonight. Hopefully you get Giannis, you get Chris Middleton, you have Pat Connaughton. Like you have enough guys to beat Brooklyn even without Drew Holiday. And should be a fun matchup. It always is. Uh, Bucks are playing pretty good basketball. I understand they lost to the Detroit Pistons, which was bad. But I think as Mitch said on the podcast yesterday, you're going to have those games. I'm not entirely concerned right now the Bucks have the eighth best net rating uh to Brooklyn's 16th Brooklyn's actually in the negative in the last five games again I would love to know Brooklyn's best win this year 
Brooklyn doesn't have a bunch of good wins. They beat Philadelphia. If they beat Milwaukee tonight, it comes with an asterisk. But they've not, they've struggled against good teams. So I will be really curious to see how Brooklyn does this evening. I, I do wonder if it's a statement game for them. We saw this with the Miami Heat, right? Where the Miami Heat beat our ass. And they wanted to send a statement. I, I do fear there could be some of that. But yeah, there's a lot of value in the Bucks tonight. I Especially if Giannis plays. If Giannis doesn't play... I just stay away. I wouldn't bet the Bucs. I wouldn't bet the Nets. I, I never bet the team that's playing my my guys. You know that. But yeah, I would I would definitely look at investing in the Bucs because Brooklyn just has not shown themselves as a team that can beat good NBA teams. They just have not done it all year. And yeah, I, I just cannot imagine, you know, wanting to A, bet Brooklyn if you were going to, if you're not a Bucks fan and you're listening to this, but B, you know, trust that Brooklyn can beat a good team. They they haven't shown it all year. So I I don't believe it. Hopefully these two have a good game and hopefully Giannis plays. Because if Giannis doesn't play, like that's just such a bummer, right? That we have this, what should be a big NBA regular season game. ESPN obviously has it. And then we're going to get robbed and only get Chris Middleton. And I, I like Chris Middleton, don't get me wrong. But it's just, it's like, it, it takes away from it takes away from the game itself. So I hope that we get Giannis. Um, if we don't, uh, I just, it's, it is what it is. And we'll just, we'll just ride it out. Giannis is probable. Oh, George Hill is also out with health and safety protocols. So I, I had said George Hill uh, was going to play, and George Hill is not going to play. So he's he's out with health and safety protocols. So the Bucks are going to be very limited at the guard position. I wonder if we're going to get Point Middleton tonight. I think we'll get Point Middleton. Giannis probable. We we might. I, I thought Chris Middleton as a point guard. He did this against Denver. I think he had 14 assists that night. He or was it Denver or you? Yeah, it was Denver. Don't be surprised if Chris Middleton has a big game tonight from the from the assist perspective. Uh, maybe take his assists over prop because uh, Chris Middleton probably is your point guard tonight, and they, they're going to play a big lineup. And imagine Middleton, Bobby, Giannis. Pat Connaughton probably getting in there. I could see a little. I don't think I can see Pat as a point guard. Uh, could Grayson Allen do a little bit of ball handling? Maybe I don't know. Um, yeah, they're very light at the point guard position uh, against the Nets tonight. But yeah, I, I, yeah, it's probable right now. The line's four and a half. I take the Bucks. I might even take the money line at one sixty. I think the Bucks could win this one outright. And the Nets don't really have a home court advantage. You saw Memphis go in there and beat their ass. You also have um, the Bucks playing Charlotte on Saturday. I don't think you're going to clear anyone from health and safety protocols. Uh, that's a bummer for the Bucks that they have a, a game against Charlotte right back to back. They can't really rest anybody either. So as much as this game would be intense, I do imagine that they're going to have to play their full roster. Charlotte's been kind of all right recently. Uh, they have the 10th best NBA net rating at 4.2. They don't play a ton of defense. Um, this is a rematch between the two teams. Last game that they played was that awesome back and forth Giannis buzzer beater basically uh, finish at the five serve. So Charlotte will be looking to get a little bit of revenge. They do always play the Bucks pretty well. Uh, so the Bucks have two against Charlotte. They also play Charlotte 
on Monday before heading home, getting a couple days off, and getting ready for Golden State. It'd be nice to be fully healthy for Golden State. I do wonder if the Bucks are ever going to get healthy. I just I feel like it's one of those years where everybody is is down. Um, they've played so many games. Like, is that just how the season's going to be? And I should just accept that the Bucks are probably not going to be a one or two seed and just going to be the three seed again. Because that's kind of where I f- think I'm I'm headed. Like, I feel like that's where it's going, um, which is okay, and I, I can make peace with that. But it, we got a long way to go, so I'm not gonna not gonna overreact. All right, we did a ton on the Bucks. Um, so those who might think, oh, Charlie just covers the Packers, yada yada. Yeah, I do a lot, but you guys want to listen to the Packers, so that's why I, that's why I do it. Um, and we're gonna talk about them now. So the Packers play the Lions; they're four point favorites uh, against Detroit. It's a really interesting game for a myriad of reasons. First of all, you have the Packers who. I don't know how long these starters are going to go. Um, I would hope for basically a quarter, maybe a half. I, I don't want to see anything more from Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I think these guys want to stay fresh. I think if they're going to be able to get David Bakhtiari and Josh Myers back, um, they're going to probably want to kind of work on offensive line combinations. I think Bakhtiari, I don't know if he would play a full game, still maybe just a half. It could be realistic that Bakhtiari plays the full game, get him up to speed, get him ready to go. And then you have, you know, the shuffle of the linemen. No Billy Turner still. I would imagine you go with Josh Neiman, but Dennis King is, Dennis Kelly's played really well on the outside at right tackle, and maybe you go with Dennis Kelly. I I know this is hard for people who don't play offensive line, but it's very difficult to switch sides. So Neiman's been playing on the left side. Going on the right side is not easy. You have to adjust your body. You have to adjust your hips. I would imagine they stick with Dennis Kelly and maybe, I don't know, I don't even think you push Neiman inside. Neiman's not a guy who can play inside. He's too big. Because I was just like, how could you get rid of Royce Newman? You guys know I'm not a, a big Royce Newman guy. Well, if Josh, if Josh Myers plays, then you push Lucas Patrick out to right guard. I feel better about Lucas Patrick at right guard than I do Royce Newman. We'll see what the Packers end up doing. I think that's one of the bigger things to watch. If Bakhtiari goes, what does that offensive line look like for the Green Bay Packers? If Jair Alexander plays, another thing that's interesting is what does that secondary look like? So we've had the emergence of Rasul Douglas. I think Rasul Douglas will obviously be on the outside. Does Eric Stokes stay on the outside or does he become more of a rover or does that role become to Jair Alexander? Should Jair Alexander sort of play that roving corner? We, we talked about the 3-3-5 defense a little bit about how the Packers could line up three linebackers, three defensive defensive linemen, and then five corners. I think that's where Jair should play. I think Jair should really play like a Charles Woodson-like sort of role for this team down the stretch where you blitz him a little bit, you play up, you kind of have him cover somebody. And if you need Jair to lock down somebody, whether it be Cooper Cup if they play the Rams again, whether it be CeeDee Lamb if they play Dallas, um, that basically you give that role to Jair and then you rotate. The only reason I wouldn't put Eric Stokes at that rover position is he has legit hammers for hands and he just cannot catch a fucking football. So that rover position, you expect some turnovers to happen and I don't want Eric Stokes uh, getting a ball thrown right at his hands and him dropping it because those dropped interceptions are forever brutal. Um, Zaire, uh, Zaire, it's like a combination of Jair and Zedarius Smith. Uh, Zedarius Smith could go as well. Um, 
it would be very interesting to see them rotate him in. I think they would use all three. Uh, Rashawn Gary's, you know, top five in pressures. It would be foolish to bench Rashawn Gary for Zedaria Smith. It just will not happen, nor would it Preston Smith, who I think has played like an all-star this year or pro bowler all-star. Um, I, I don't foresee that happening. So it's really that stuff to watch. And then it's like, how much do the Lions care? I do think the Lions are going to try to win this football game because I looked at the draft stuff. Lions could get the number one pick if the Jaguars shock the the Indianapolis Colts. I guarantee you the Jacksonville Jaguars will not shock the Indianapolis Colts. All right? That just will not happen. They play at the same time, but I guarantee you it won't happen. So even if the Lions win, they're still the number two pick. The Houston Texans have four four wins, so the Lions can only get to three and 14 they have the number two pick locked and loaded. They are in a house money position. So Dan Campbell can say to his guys and say to you know management, like, we can fucking win this game, and it doesn't mean anything. And we can go into next year saying we beat the number one seed in the NFC East, maybe the Super Bowl champion, and and look at sort of that, how does that feel, right? How does that feel? That should feel good for the Lions heading into 2022 and maybe a springboard into next season. That kind of worries me. I'm man and curse, whatever, but I would not invest anything in this game. I would not touch this game. Watch it. Enjoy it. Don't get mad about it. That, that would be my biggest advice for everybody. Do not get mad about this game. There are so many other things to get mad about, but do not get mad about this game. Just save your anger it's not important everything for the packers is going to be vanilla the lions are probably going to try a lot harder than we will this game is meaningless if you want to get mad and like the one thing to get mad about i guess is if jordan love struggles if jordan love doesn't play well against this lions defense then that's something you can get mad about all right that's my the permission to get mad if jordan love does not play well but that's it all right, so Jordan Love, we should see. I'm also fascinated on that. We didn't mention that, but Jordan Love should play a little bit. It'll be a great showcase for him. If Jordan Love shows out, I think that really helps his case of getting traded this offseason. I do think that's going to happen. Unless they, unless Rodgers and Gunakus have talked and Rodgers is retiring after next year, and Rodgers is like, all right, I have two years left in me, and I'm going to play this year, I'm going to play next year, and then I'm done, then I think they hold on to Love. But that would be the only way. If Rodgers has given signs to leadership, I know he said it publicly that he might retire. But if he's talked about it, you know, within the organization and they know, then I think maybe they try to hold on to Jordan Love and tell Jordan Love, like, hey, look, one more year and then Rodgers is likely leaving. I don't think this is going to be a far thing or anything else. We, we trust Aaron's going to leave. It'll be your team. We'll hand you the keys and Rodgers will go out. Who knows? But that's left to be seen. I, I told Mitch that I thought Rodgers could retire if they won the Super Bowl. I feel a lot better about that take than I did three months ago, right? I wish that I would have you know, invested stock in that take because that take has grown dramatically throughout the last pretty much few weeks here. So we'll see see how much Packers you know, play. As Devontae Adams says, if you're scared, go to church about the injuries. I, I'm not going to worry too much about that. I think the Packers will be just fine. Lastly, to wrap up the show, Marquette plays Georgetown tonight. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the Marquette Golden Eagles. Trying to win two straight games, two straight Big East games. They go to Georgetown. It's never easy 
to play the Hoyas on the road. It's, it's really never easy to win a Big East road game. I mean, that's it's always difficult, right? It's never it's never going to be easy. Um, Georgetown's playing their first game since December the 18th. It hasn't really affected teams. I haven't really seen a lot of like, oh man, that COVID pause really sort of limited what they what they want to do. Um, yes, this has been what three weeks now since Georgetown has played, but they definitely have you know, a decent team. I would say they're good. They're 119 right now in Kempom to Marquette 62. Uh, Georgetown can shoot the hell out of the ball. They are 11th in three-point percentage. Also, Marquette has to do a good job of defending the three-point arc. They cannot allow open three-pointers, letting Georgetown get going. Georgetown itself is not good at defending the threes. Marquette isn't good at shooting it either, but they do have guys who can make it. So if they get hot from deep, there's a real chance for the Golden Eagles. They just have to keep that Providence energy. They have to keep that up. They cannot sort of, you know, fall down or stub their toe or just look sort of sluggish offensively, which we've seen in the past with Marquette. The slow starts, the slow to both first half, second half, just cannot happen in this one. They need to come out hard, especially with a team like Georgetown who hasn't played in three weeks. This is a pure, like, first 10 minutes should be Marquette's it should be Marquette's for the first 10 minutes and hopefully they can take advantage the rest of the way and hopefully that sort of guides them through Uh, it'd be really nice to see Marquette get a second win under their belts then they would be two and four heading into again another winnable game versus DePaul which we talked about on Wednesday's Daily Tap like to see, I think Marquette's a two-point favorite. I don't always feel good about betting teams on the road in college basketball. I think it's really tough. I learned the lesson the hard way. I had some losses last night, and I didn't have a good gambling night. Uh, full transparency. It was just bad. It was a weird night, and those are the nights where you can't force it. And it always happens where I'll bet on golf. And then you have that money that's just sitting there for four days. And then that first day, you always seem to lose a bunch of money on top of it, which doesn't help. All right, that does it for the show. Like I said, I'm going to be in Hawaii for my honeymoon. I am not going to be podcasting uh, during that time. I don't foresee any possibility of that. Um, I, A, think my wife would kill me. But B, I just, it's vacation, right? And because I'm a one-man show, um, we don't necessarily have somebody to backfill. And maybe that's something I need to work on. Maybe I need to work on sort of having a backfill so someone could fill in. And if you're interested in that, hit me up. Let's talk. Let's talk about that. And I'm always open. Um, I'm always open to basically helping out and getting somebody started and what that looks like, what that feels like, um, and how do you you sort of get better with it? Um, Because I, I do think that we could have more, I, you know, I, I, I've done this now for a while, but yeah, being Hawaii. So this will be the last podcast until Monday, likely. Um, if it's already figured out who the Packers are going to play Sunday, maybe I get on Sunday and we talk about, you know, first thoughts about who they played. Plus what all I missed. You're going to have Bucks Warriors. Marquette plays a bunch. No, I didn't talk anything about Wisconsin hoops, which I usually don't. Uh, they played really well against Iowa. I don't know what their ceiling is, uh, but their ceiling is high. I watched most of that game and they were dominant. I also don't think Iowa's very good. So that that's part of it. I need to see that team 
against Michigan State or Illinois uh, before I'm like, I really have that take about, all right, is there ceiling Sweet 16 or is there ceiling Final Four? I think it's more Sweet 16 than Final Four at this point. But if I they play well against Illinois or Michigan, uh, Michigan State, excuse me, Michigan's not good at all, um, I, I would be willing to reconsider. So... But yeah, uh, you know, there'll be all that to talk about. Um, I'm sure there'll be some Packer headlines. Maybe we're still talking about Hubba Arkish and Aaron Rodgers uh, next week. Who knows? Um, hopefully that dies when uh, I'm up in the air and everything like that. So enjoy the week. Um, sorry that we don't have any backfill. Um, we will be back next week or two weeks from now. Mitch and I will do a podcast, of course, getting ready for the divisional round. Uh, we'll talk about it as we get further into the NBA season. And who knows? Maybe we'll have some movement on baseball. Maybe baseball makes some move. Maybe we'll just have to do college basketball because we have nothing to talk about baseball-wise, which will pull teeth because Mitch not a college guy, but that's okay. Um, and we'll just do the regular daily tap. And happy that we were able to do five shows this week. Uh, I've struggled with that uh, because of work. Because of just the overall just not having enough time so it's been really that to me is a good thumbs up and what I hope to continue on into 2022 feedback is always welcome like this is a great time I think for feedback because I have a week off I'll probably do some thinking about how I want to do podcasts I want to do more interviews um, with people who are in the sports space so if it's someone realistic locally that you want to have and want me to have on and want me to talk through, I would love to do that. Um, and I probably will have some of our friends on first because I'll, I'll need that time to kind of get ready. But at some point, I do want to start bringing some guys on to talk about various sports. I'd love to talk to some athletes too. Desert Bear, uh, maybe a, a guy who's getting ready for the draft for Wisconsin. I think all of that would be a lot of fun. So all right. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Mahalo. Um, I'm sure I'll check in on socials uh, from Hawaii at various times and hopefully get to watch a little sports. Be nice to watch the national championship. If you, if I had to choose, so really quick. So I'm on vacation. Obviously, I'm not going to force sports. I We talked a little bit about that on Tabbing the Keg. Um, I'm not going to force sports to happen. But if I were, if I had my choice, I would probably rank it like this. Bucks Warriors, which is Thursday, so that game's at two thirty, I think Hawaii Hawaii time, so two thirty in the afternoon. Bucks Warriors, Packers Lions, which is at eight a.m. Um, and then I would probably say the national championship, Bama Georgia. By the way, take Bama. Just I, I have this thing with Bama, man, where it's not like you don't get rich betting against Bama. That's true, but like. I really do think Nick Saban is the boogeyman to Kirby Smart. And I think Kirby Smart is like Henry Winkler in The Waterboy. And I think he just shrivels against against Nick Saban. And I just cannot, I don't know. I, I've, I've wavered back and forth because I heard some really good Georgia. Um, and who knows, maybe if I listen to a podcast today where they preview it, I'm going to think otherwise. But right now I'm on Bama. We'll see if that changes before Monday. All right, take care, guys. Have a great week while I'm off and we'll be back in two weeks. All right. See you. Bye.